pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Rowan. As usual, I'm joined by Big Jim Hamilton and Andy Good. Thanks to our sponsor, Rugby Warfare. As previously mentioned on the pod, these guys are a rugby lifestyle clothing brand selling a range of products from hoodies to T-shirts and joggers and much more. Uh, they have a different offer every single day, so go and check them out. Today it is 35% off all joggers. Jim, you've made it. Joggers. Joggers. Mate, look at us. Hold on, let's go back to you. What? What's going on, mate? You're meant to be tough, Scottish guy, used to the cold. I've walked here. You haven't walked here. You've taken fucking three days. I know. Oh, Goody, I can't get out my drive. I want to stay at home where it's warm. Mate, seriously, I've got a Land Rover Discovery at the minute. Yep. Freebie. Sponsor? Sponsor for a couple of months. I can't. Okay. I just did. All right. Land Rover Discovery. Yeah, but who? Not even that. A specific garage or? Mate, not even that would get over the mountains of the Cotswolds where I was, mate. Genuinely. You've got snow and then you've got snow. And then Fred, the producer, made me go and take a picture in the garden to prove that it he was actually real. He didn't even have a kilt on, mate. You should have put your bollocks in the snow. Mate. Like a real man would. Exactly. The wet tea bags. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm here. I'm here, mate. Glad to see you, mate. mate I missed you. You're, you're a bit tipsy, Goody. Look at you. I've a couple of drinks. I've been on my Money Corp Christmas partnerships lunch. Yeah. Monkey House in Mayfair. Very nice. So it was a Christmas party, really, in the middle of the well, day. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. What's yeah. it called? Monkey's yeah, Toes? Monkey. <laughs> and their nipples when you breastfeed, <laughs> aren't they? Um, Mate, how bad are nipples on breastfeeding? Well, my missus hasn't breastfed at all. We've gone bottle feeding the whole way. I don't understand why women would breastfeed twins, because it's hell. Well, there's... You're yeah, breastfeeding but, for four hours. Well, you this don't, can, you this don't even be, know how much milk they've had. This can be a controversial argument. Good. How, how have bo- we got onto this, mate? Just get the bottle out. Mate, get the bottle. Tell the nipples out. That's all I'm saying. But all you, I'm saying is, you know, you breastfeed, your tits go down south. Well, they go down south. A bit but, like mine and yours, Jim. Mate, they look like empty beanbags. But all <laughs> I'm saying is, is, the reason why you say nipples after the breastfeeding look like monkey's Nip. toes, if you've ever looked at a monkey's toe, <laughs> that's what it looks like Andy wrote. Oh, my dear After Lord. breastfeeding. Yeah, not... Oh, my dear Lord. But it's, it's yeah, it's a natural, a natural thing. We've had a big week, haven't we? Why? We've got a mainline sponsor in. Who's, who's the mainline we've sponsor? Had a, we've had a cat food <laughs> a cat food distributor contact me on Twitter. Of course we have. Saying they want to supply Andy Rowe with his cat food, his yearly supply of cat food. Yeah, they've been going hard. They, they contacted me as well. I'm right. moving into a new flat as well, so I might, and we're allowed cats. So get I, cat? I'm assuming that's why they're <laughs> contacting. This is probably the good point. So me and Andy Rowe were speaking off air. He's got a bit of... A revelation. I mean, it's not really a revelation. You got some news. Is it a revelation? Really. What, what would you? What would well, you say I was just was? talking to Jim, and I, I just, I just, I don't want to be called weirdfish anymore. It's not really that big of a thing, is it? You don't want to be called weirdfish. No, we, we had a heart to heart. Like yeah, it was, it, not... it wasn't just a thing. He said he's been losing sleep over it. Andy Rowe, I get him. I think it's right that he's he's opened up on on the podcast, mm. which is great. My my biggest concern of this whole thing is. Is it Secret Santa next week? It is. And I've bought you a bloody fish. Oh, you've so got him? I bought him a weird fish from the pet shop. <laughs> you, you know the game? I knew the whole, that was going to happen. Oh, oh secret. Oh, oh, oh it was God. a Secret Santa. You've, you've got him. There's four of us in it, isn't there? Yeah. So there's me, you, Andy Rowe. And small and, eggs. And small... <laughs> Tim, the producer, who's literally just bent over and shown us what he ate for dinner last night. Does Arse. a, hell, does a hell of a job every week. Hell of a job every week. Putting Mate, this great job. But the, that's he always re- wears the smallest Adidas t-shirt possible. It's as well. horrible. Big arms. Oh, but massive my, arms. But this is the thing. I'm gutted now. I've so got this... Secret Santa, you just ruined it. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I had to. Well, he's, just... ruined it. he's ruined it by oh. saying he doesn't want the nickname anymore. So I've bought him a fish called you can, Weird. You can still do that. That's fine. But, you know, I just I just want to be recognised for what I do. And I, I respect that, Goody. I respect that, mate. I respect what he does. Great. And Andy he's Rowe. good at what he does. Andy Rowe, the weird fish, is good at what he does. <laughs> can, can can you call me a different nickname, then? 
I can call you whatever you like, Jim. Razor. Razor? Yeah. Razor I'm writing Ruddock. that down. A yeah. bit like Razor Ruddock. So Razor or Ice. That's what I want to be called. Jim Iceman? No, because that's that a ripoff. fits with you. Don't I've got a bit of a story. Um, from You know when you join a new club, everyone's like, you know, what are your nicknames, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, we were at Leicester years ago. It was just, I think it was before your time, Jim. Um, and we signed a guy called Jim Naylor, who was a winger centre from the north. Good mate was Austin Healy. Good mate um, of yours. He ended up being a good mate of mine. Of course he did. <laughs> Jimmy Naylor, great bloke. Anyway, so he first came and he played, I think he played for Oral or something like that. And he signed for Leicester. Um, it was the days, remember the big baths at the cha- in the changing rooms at the training ground? So we'd finished a training session in pre-season, which obviously I'd watched again. Uh, and we're all sat there in the bath, big bubble bath. Dad, Dad's Garforth there with his psoriasis. psoriasis, like there's chunks in the in the water. It's just horrible, like oh. frosties everywhere, disgusting. Um, and we're all in the in the bath. There's literally twelve of us in the bath. And Jim Naylor's like, he's there. Everyone's like, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. New new, new kid in town, blah blah blah. He's like, do you have any nicknames? He's like, yeah, yeah. All the lads they used to call me Ace. Used to call me Ace because I was best player. I was ace player in in, in pack up north. And he was proper northerner. He's like, I was ace player in packs. They call me ace. I want everyone to call me ace. We literally called him ace. That From that day on, that's the best nickname ever. Ace. So now you just asked to be called ice. Yeah. It reminded me of ace. And you're not going to be called Smart. ice. No, you're not going to be called ice. Why? We hung like a squirrel. You've got a, bog- <laughs> a body like a melted wheelie bin. So I can't change it. <sighs> Apologies to uh, everyone for um, the postponement on the live show this week as well. Um but we have rescheduled for Wednesday the 20th of December at O'Neill's in Soho, so it'll be big. Uh, and we're also going to go back to the Cabbage Patch in the new year as well. So it's a double header in London uh, next week. Um, and then after we've been up to Newcastle on Wednesday the 24th of January, we've got a double header in Edinburgh. So uh, that's February the 22nd. That has sold out. Um, it's sold out so fast. We're doing another show on the 21st. Look so check out eventbrite.co.uk for all the details and uh, to get your tickets. Um, so <laughs> many stories from the Champions Cup, um, but to get the first couple of pieces uh, of news out there, Coventry has been named um, UK City, City of, of Culture. Culture. What do you call it? What do you call it? Coventry. Oh, it is Coventry. You said Coventry. 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 In our Coventry. I didn't even tweet about it because I was going to tweet something that might have got me in a lot of trouble. Go on. Well, I can't obviously say it because it probably get me in a lot of trouble. About what, what the culture in Coventry? Well, the culture of Coventry won the award for something else. I was going to say, but I couldn't. City of. <laughs> City of what? City of Culture, twenty. What was it? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. UK I, City of Culture. What, I mean, what are we naming that four years out for? Mate, I, I, do you know what they're trying to do? They're try, trying to regenerate the place. Yeah. Because it is on its arse. It's not. We've started minute. with the rugby club. Great, greatest rugby club in England right now in terms of growth. You talk about a business growing. You talk about year on year. Who is? Wasps is. Of course it oh, is. I thought you were going to say Cov. No, <laughs> Wasps in Coventry. Great club. So have you guys been signed up as ambassadors or anything like that? You've been, well, I've, you yeah, I've been offered a couple of things. Have you? Yeah. What? The taste tester. I've talked about the city of Coventry, the culture, all the different restaurants. You've got what, you got, of... you got Pizza Hut? <laughs> Curry houses, fish and chip shops, Coventry Kebab House. Yeah. The list goes on, mate. I had a few scraps in the outside Cov Kebabish. Just shall I tell you a story, yeah. actually? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, go. Let's go, let's go. So we got out, right? Cov used to be a really good night out. It did. So, like, you go to Icon and Diva. Jumping Jacks. Jumping Jacks. But Icon Diva was £10 all you can drink, Andy Rowe. 
Ten pound. So it's, you go in yeah. there, but you used to get one one bottle, right? So you get your one bottle, glass and one. Yeah, you chop it, and basically, if you've been glass, if you've been glassed, <laughs> you know someone ain't got their bottle. So, the, but the queues at the bar were ridiculous. But this place was rammed. Students, everyone from school. Then the place died. But anyway, after this one night, unbelievable. Me, me and my mate F and L Mike, um, literally just walk into the kebab shop. The most bizarre thing happened. So there's a car parked outside the kebab shop called Kebabish on Spawn Street in Cov. Yep. He's walked round. It's not Coventry Kebab House then. Why? No, it's a different kebab house. What do you mean? Kebabish. Kebabish, yeah. Oh no, Coventry Kebab House is a different Oh, okay. But yeah, I'll go I'll try that okay. one as well oh, on my yeah, okay. on my cultural culinary tour of Coventry. So Mike's walked sorry. Uh my headphones went off. Um Mike's walked round the outside of this car, straight past Kebabish. Round the outside. Round the, round outside. the outside. I've walked around the other way. Next thing, he's been absolutely poleaxed, blind-shotted by this massive... I mean, he was Polish. Talking about culture, that's what I didn't tweet. This massive Polish dude, for no reason. Next thing, my mate... Really no reason? Genuinely. Everyone always absolutely. said... Absolutely. Mm. Everyone always goes, I'm just, oh, walking, down I'm just walking down the street. No, no, I'm telling you now, I saw it, and he was flawed. I thought we were dead. He was underneath a car, and then I've ran after this Polish guy, and he's with, like, three of these women. Were you giving it, that's Mr. Gilmore's I was like, jacket. why have you done that? Why have you done that? Like, and You'll then, never get this. You'll so, never get so this. So fast, fast forward, like, my mate FNL Mike's under this car. I thought he's dead. The kebabish guy comes out. He's, he's taking his belt off because he thinks he's going to fight this Polish guy with his belt, and he's trying to give him CPR. Okay. The guy in the kebab shop, Kim Kebabish, has come out with his belt in his hand, thinking he's going to whip this Polish dude's head off. <laughs> He's walked off. Why didn't, he why didn't he bring his blade out? Why didn't he bring his massive like, chopping I say, knife? I says, mate. You know, the big meat cleaver that gets down all the way from the top to the bottom. What are you going to do with your belt? But anyway, there's a big kerfuffle. Next thing, he starts trying to do CPR on me, mate. F and L, Mike. I'm like, mate, he ain't. I don't think he's dead. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think he's dead. I think he's dead. So I think he's under the car. He's you've given him CPR. Him, and, you've left, and you've ran up the street, left him for dead. Yeah, but I like to him. Mate, I li- yeah, <laughs> no, no, I've, got, I've gone to confront this Polish dude, but he's massive. City of culture. I've gone to confront the, confront this big Polish dude, and he's like, "What are you gonna do about it?" And I've just seen my mate FNL dead on the floor, and I'm like, "Mate, you've, I don't want to die as well." So I've ran <laughs> so over. You shit yourself, and ran. F- yeah. FNL is getting C- CPR. Next thing, we're in the hospital, and he, for about two years, had a sovereign ring mark on his cheek. It was imprinted on his cheek. Who, wear, who wears a sovereign ring? Mate, this guy from Poland. Clearly, mate, a Polish guy. And then FNL Mike is like, "What did you do?" I says, "Mate, I, I filled him in at the top of the road." So uh, for about two years, we met FNL Mike, and I had to come clean at his wedding. I had to say, mate, I lied to you. Oh, you filled him in? Well, I, 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 no, I said that I filled in the Polish dude. Oh, well, dude. after... Oh, you never after, did. No, I didn't, know. You chased after him. No, so it, was, it was classic. This is classic. Jack and Ori Jim, right? Yeah, I, well, I lied. So I just start, straight out lied. It started when he was young, and he's still doing it now. <laughs> yeah, so but I had a tough upbringing, and there was a lot of... I was, I was six foot eight at the age of 15, so you can imagine how big I was at 14. I was probably about six foot six. So I didn't look the best. I'll be honest, didn't move the best. And you've not changed? Because I, because I was so big, a lot of lads used to give it low. So I'm constantly having to fight. So I remember having a fight with Akbash and Kamal Who? on Lydgate Hill. Akbash and Kamal? Akbash and Kamal on Lydgate Hill. And they were three or four years older. We had a guy, a couple of lads used to piss through the letterbox at my mum's house. house. My mum's house, well, yeah. Akbash and Kamal used to do that? No, not Akbash and Kamal. It was a guy called Matthew Hardy. I remember his name. Ended up filling his brother later on in life. But... <laughs> Mate, genuinely, so I'm fighting all the time, getting bullied by these people. What were you doing? You were eating uh, croissants and uh, <laughs> eating caviar. Why is it all about food? Uh, private bu- school. Can you stop bullying me about food? Anyway, should we, t- should we talk ruggers or? So uh, let's let's try and get the uh, conversation back on track. Jim Mallander has been sacked after eight losses in a row. Jim's got him the sack. You're Can welcome. you believe this? You're welcome. I Goody. can't believe I can't believe Jim's power 
We went up there to Northampton a few, when was it? Eight weeks ago. Did, I, a, did a little piece for Rugby Pass. And, and they weren't happy with you. Right. And then to it's, me, it's championed how bad they are for weeks. And now Jim Mander's got the sack. Jim's a good bloke. The wrong man's gone. Dorian West should have gone. For me, I, I think that it needed to be a lot. Of, they couldn't carry on. What the way they played at the weekend, not just the weekend. It's a shambles in them. They were embarrassing. It, well, I was watching it and I was gobsmacked because, mate, Ospreys is a good team. They played well against Saris a couple of weeks before in the Champions Cup, but but mate, Ospre- Ospreys in Pro Fourteen have been the worst team they won. possible. Have they won or they won one. I don't know. I don't think they've won. So no one cares league and no one cares about it. Well, clearly they do now because no. they're beating all the English teams. Yeah, Why were they yeah. upset with Goody when you went up there? Because they do. Because I told the truth. Yeah, that's why. Mm. I, I, truth hurts. They were shit. They, 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 were, they were annoyed about your comments about um, Alex King. Yeah, so, yeah so, Kingy, yeah, Kingy shouldn't have got sacked. Well, yeah, that, Kingy's the best cut. Kingy goes there, they win two trophies. Yeah. And then when Dorian West doesn't want to change the way they play, the way they played when they were successful, they had a big, powerful pack. They had big ball runners. Which Dorian West coached, yep. and he, he, he yep. did well with that. Right. And that then when your squad is that good, then you lose Simon Manoa, Brian Majati, uh, Tonga Weir. They were their big ball carriers. When you lose that and still try and pump the same way to play week in, week out, but you haven't got the firepower, you only need to look at Tom Wood, right? And look at Tom Wood from a picture of him from three, four years ago when they were successful, when they won the league. Look at him now. He has lost a lot of weight. And he's more athletic and blah, 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 and the way the game has changed. His bulk, I think, personally, and I don't know because I'm not a S&C coach and I don't know what they do S&C-wise, but stats-wise... He is physically a lot smaller now than he was, yeah, in my opinion. The game's changed. Just my opinion. But you're still trying to play the Northampton way that was successful four years ago, round the corner, big forward pack, big carries, playing off nine, blah, 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 blah. Dorian West coaches that. Then you get Alex King in. Alex King coaches that way, expands their game a bit. They win, I think they won the Premiership, they won the Challenge Cup, didn't they? Did they win the Anglo-Welsh as well? I'm sure they did. So they're successful, right? Then you come to a hard time. And first thing you do is go, oh, shit, we're losing, we're losing, we're losing. Alex King's fault. Well, it's not. I said it at the time. Alex, they blame the attack. Well, every team knows if your pack's going backwards, how the fuck are you meant to attack? Right? You can't win decent scrum line-out ball. You can't get physically over the gain line, which is what Northampton was struggling with. You point the finger at Alex. Alex King is a very good coach. You speak to people that are coached by him, he's understanding the game. Dorian West, and I don't... I don't want to be too harsh. I've spoken to a lot of people around Northampton, around the game. He's archaic in his ways. Over, He's not changed. He's old in, school. He's old school and he's not changed in four or five years. Yeah. And when you haven't got the firepower that you had four or five years ago and you're still trying to physically dominate teams, that's where you're going wrong. And ultimately, you look at them this year. Last year, they were average, but they had a star player in Pickamore. He's gone. Why is he gone? Obviously, gone back to Montpellier for a shitload of cash, but also... You speak to him and you listen to it and read, translate some of the interviews he's done. Did he enjoy the coaching, the environment at Northampton last year? No, he didn't. And that's the thing. And, you know, my good points and my bad points are, I'll say it as I see it. And I don't care who is bothered or who isn't. I'm being true to myself. And what I hear, what I say, what I believe in, I'll say it. And, yes, it does ruffle feathers, and it probably did at Northampton. And that's the fact. You look at that Northampton coaching team. I did a column last week uh, for Rugby Pass. And Northampton again lost. Who did they lose to in the Premiership last week? They lost to Quinns a week before, didn't they? They lost at home to Worcester. Was it Worcester? They lost away, away to, to Worcester, Worcester, and then they lost at home to Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. Um, and I did a, a piece, and it was their worst record. Blah blah blah. And I did a little 
piece for Rugby Pass. And you look at the Northampton coaching setup: Jim Mandel at the top, Dorian West, Alan Dickens, Phil Dowson, Mark Hopley, defence coach. They're the five first team coaches. Four or five, four. They've all been at that club for ten plus years. Yeah, it needs freshening up. Yeah, and all I said was, you need to bring an outside influence in. You need someone else's opinion. But we both know Dorian West. He ain't ever changing his ways. He's mauling with their tops off. He's you know trying to be a coach that just rants and raves. And you look at Richard Cocker at Leicester. His time came because his opinions and his voice was yeah naturally. It just it just yeah gets diluted. So, so when gets... I tweet, wow, Northampton get rid of Jim Mallander. And yes, that writing's on the wall. But for me, it's not just Jim Mallander. They need a whole, you know, keep Phil Dowson in there. He's a young coach with ideas. But you need a whole new bunch of people in at the top to, true, true. to change it all. Mike Ford, maybe? Oh, I'd be, Jesus. I, I don't want him. To, I don't want to see him there. He's not a good bloke. But Andy, Andy Robinson, maybe? Oh, yeah. Jake White. Is, is his name being thrown about? Yeah, Stuart Lancaster. Do you, know, do you know what? The best one, and people will... Of the list, you've got the list that have come out and people have gone, Mike Ford, Jake White, Andy Robinson, Stuart Lancaster. Any, got, anyone I'm, else? Jordan On the Mur- list? I'm, I'm throwing Jordan Murphy into right, the Right, but, but the, everyone goes for older people with experience that are... Dinosaurs. Right. The best one of those four, Mike Ford's a very good coach. A lot of issues of a way... He's a very good coach in terms of rugby, but man management, probably the worst in the Premiership for what he's done, what's happened behind the scenes at Bath. Yeah, we have reputation. Talk, reputation's awful. Um, Andy Robinson, his last record was... No chance. Bristol. He's, he's well past his sale by date. Stuart Lancaster, on the other hand, everyone yeah. remembers him for England at the World Cup, underachieving, getting knocked out in the group stage. But that was all down to, for me, players as well. And he's gone to Leinster. Ultimately, Leinster, bloody good team. And he's part of that coaching setup. Out of those candidates, he's the best candidate. Is he the right man? No, probably not. No. Jake White's a cowboy. He's been here, there, and everywhere. I don't know where they're going to turn to. I really who, don't. That's the thing. Who's out there? So you, you're saying Jordan Murphy, which I think, again, Jordan, good mate of mine. Um, of course. I can't ever see Jordan Murphy coaching Northampton. No, I can't. But if you're looking for someone who's ready to go into a job. And take pro- a risk. Take a punt. Exactly. I certainly would. And Jordan's obviously heavily linked with Cardiff Blues. Cardiff, bud. Um, and if I was Jordan, I'd be saying, yeah, here's my hat. I'm sticking it in the ring. Brett Deacon. Brett Deacon at Leicester forwards coach, maybe Northampton. Who knows? Well, hold on, you're his best mate. <laughs> you told me to say that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. What happened with the uh, English sides over the weekend, Goody? Mm. Yeah, it was our worst ever week in Europe. And uh, you know what? I'm going to start at the top. I'm going to. Uh, Saracens are an absolute shambles. Forget the rest of the teams. Saracens, what a shambles. Joke. Mate, they've lost one game shambles, in Europe. you've lost six on the spin. Mate, they lost two of them with a crisis Cunt's Cup. Crisis, mate. Isn't it? Well, saying that, I didn't think there was. 46-14 but... yeah. at home. Yeah. Pumped. Yeah. And the issue with Saracens, and Andy Rowe, I will say this to you, as Andy Rowe now. Thank you. Appreciate that. They've lost some unbelievable players. Billy Vanapola, injured. Long term. Maro Otoji, injured. Here it comes. Long term. Here it comes. The biggest one, though. The two-minute finisher, Jim Hamilton, the retired. Closer. The wheels have come off, Jim. Guilty. Get They've... your boots back on. They've Guilty. got no clutch play. What? I mean, Guilty. what's going to happen? For the... I was going to say the last two minutes, which is where they've lost the close games to Exeter, Gloucester, and Quinns. Quinns. That's where you come on and finish. But Mate. 
46-14, the racker effect. And this oh, is, my yeah. racker. Oh, my racker. And th this is where you talk about value. And we speak about this, and we laughed, and we jested, and Simon Cohen, this lesser CEO, had his opinion on value. You can't put a value on people who come on and finish games. Like, you can't yeah, but when and lift when, trophies. Wait, when you were coming on, the, the game would have been over. Well, you, you say that. 46-14. You say that. My hands weren't on that trophy. That culture is gone. Yeah, my hands weren't on that trophy. People talk about the Saracens' culture. They got bullied, mate. They got. I, I was. I just. I was in. In shock. I mean, we spoke about it again, like you know, privately. But Brad Barrett going off. I don't think Lazowski is a twelve. By mate, he's not. He ain't a twelve. Brad Barrett's their talisman, and physically he runs defence, etc. And they lost the physical battle. They got bullied. He goes off with concussion. Richard Wigglesworth goes off as well. Lazowski played all right mate, in attack. I tell you. I tell you. You watch the game back. Who I was really shocked by, and we we've championed him on here and other avenues. Owen Farrell has been a superstar. You watch the way he played, he did nothing. He stood in the pocket, stood still, shipped it on. That's what you used to do. Exactly. And I was shit. <laughs> and he's made a world beater. Yeah, the, the scrum was and poor. And they got dicked in the scrum. Willie Skelton. Oh, my Willie Skelton. But I, I actually thought, like, he, apart from getting stripped a couple of times... Like, he's the biggest man on the field and he's getting little kids well, coming up know. to him. Nick, Valamahina. Like, Valamahina's no. bigger than him. Well, he's not the biggest downstairs, is he? Because you oh. say he's like a squirrel. <laughs> But they got absolutely monstered, didn't they? They did. They got hosed. I I think they can turn it around this week. I no, genuinely think. You no don't... chance. No? Going to the Stade Marcel Michelin, the what Yellow a, Army. What a place to play. Mate, they're getting done again. No, no, I don't think they were. I think Wheels Saracens will win. I think Saracens will win. The thing I was surprised about was Mark McCall's interview after. He just looked shell-shocked. Well, of course he did. The last time Saracens got humped like that, Jim Hamilton was playing. It was against Wasps yeah. at the Allianz and Park. Look, and look what happened. And it was 60 points. And look what happened. And you played and you never played again. No, we did. We won the double that year. Oh, yeah. I'm I just saying. Dropped to the bench. I'm just saying. Sometimes you have to reevaluate where you're going, Goody. And where are they going? Well, I think they'll turn it around this week. That's what I'm telling you. If they Absolutely don't. Absolutely no If they chance. don't, I think they're out. If they don't, you're shaving your head. <laughs> I don't know. But you talk about it, though. If they, don't, if they lose this weekend, they can still qualify as best runner up because they'll hose Northampton at home. That'll be five points, and then they go to the Ospreys, who it's tough down there. Well, I don't know the permutations, but like we were saying, they'd have to go back to Clermont. Well, Saracens are on ten points, right? Yeah. So they're beating Ospreys. Do they get? They got. I'm sure they got bonus, bonus point. point. Yeah. And that Northampton bonus point. So they're on ten points. So they can lose this double header. They can lose to Clermont, and then beat Northampton at home, get, fifteen points. points. And then even if you win at uh, Ospreys, and I don't know which way around it goes, whether it's Ospreys last or Northampton last, but. You're on 19 points minimum with those two games if you win them both. You're through as best runner-up. You reckon? Mm, 100%. Right. And then what, go where? To Clermont? You're probably Clermont or Munster away, yeah. All right, what what did go. you guys make of the game being postponed and Clermont um, having a statement claiming they weren't consulted and calling it an episode of amateurism and I, accusing Saracens and the public authorities of incompetence as well? What do you guys think of that? I can't see that they weren't made aware. Maybe they didn't understand. But like the guy actually before the game, the guy from the European Cup came out yeah. didn't he, and said that Everyone was consulted. But I think that that's actually what fired them up, eh? They're in a hotel in Luton, one-star hotel, and they were like, I not like it in here. Yeah, I smashed no. them buddies. There is no croissant. And Racker's like, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro, we like croissants, bro. But I tell you the thing is, and Claremont, I, obviously when I played for Breve, Breve was 45 minutes away from Claremont. Um, and there's a big skiing uh, resort called Mont d'Or, about 10 minutes outside of Claremont. You're a big skier, aren't you? I'm big, yeah. and I do ski, so yeah. yeah. Um, so Claremont, they're used to snow. So when you call a game off in England, because we have a couple of inches of snow, mm. and we are, you know, I'm very 
patriotic about our country, very English, dislike a lot of other countries. But the one thing that happens to us when we get a bit of snow, the whole country stops. Mm. Jim Hamilton gets stuck in his estate in, near Cheltenham. Mm. I couldn't go to work on Monday. I was stuck in Gerald's Cross, couldn't move. Snow was awful. No, you couldn't move. You can never move. I couldn't move because I'd, I'd been in France for a couple of days and I'd eaten like an absolute king. But I think the Claremont guys, obviously, they see snow and a ridiculous amounts of it over where they are and games carry on. Yeah. And that's what they're, that's what that's their first issue. You get outside and you see a bit of snow and we think, oh, let's build a snowman. Let's have a snowball fight. Let's not go to work. Snow let's day. Not go to, yeah. Let's not go to school. Let's not go to work. And, it, and that's our mentality. Other countries deal with it a million times better than we do. That was where I think, obviously, issues started. And then you talk about, you know, health and safety and, and getting to, let's, let's not beat around the bush, getting to Allianz Park for people that have been there is a terrible ground to get into. I've got a funny video. There's one, gonna, one, road, one road in, one road out. So could it be a part of a, a revenue thing, like you, knowing that people aren't going to make it, the fans aren't going to make it, so they didn't want to play the game? Like, could the players have all no, got no, no, there no, and no. played? Or? Yeah, ultimately, you could people could have got there. But it was for the health and safety of the fans, and right. you know it doesn't. It's not just fifteen guys on each team that rock up and play a game. Ten thousand fans. There's probably on. I mean, we both work for BT and Sky. BT was showing the game. It's probably one hundred and fifty people. The from, caterers. Yeah, generally there's a, there's probably one hundred and fifty to two hundred people from BT and other avenues that work for BT to put a game on on TV. Couldn't get. The, I know. That, I know for a fact they couldn't get the trucks there. I was out with BT Sport in France, and they were like, "Oh my god, we're gonna have to do more work. You have to do some interviews on the pitch to fill time because the Saracens game's cancelled." And they're all panicking about how to get fill the time of the, the game that was going to be cancelled. And they ultimately they put the Quinns game on after the La Rochelle game. But um, there's 150 to 200 people that have to be at every game. Mm. They couldn't get there, so you can't put the game on for TV. It's a whole mess. Yeah, they couldn't mm. get there. Richard Barrington snowboarding before. That's him snowboarding to the game. He's snowboarding on the back of Duncan Taylor's 4x4. Four four. What? So who's, who, who's this? That's Richard Barrington. He was on the bench. So he's, uh, he's snowboarded to the game. He, he, he snowboarded, but they couldn't get to the game. So that's who's who's in the four x four. That's Duncan Taylor's four by four. A little bit disappointing that. Yeah, old school, eh? It's an old, you know, he's got a Range Rover, but it's a shit old. It's one. a retro, retro. But look, how the roads. How was uh, La Rochelle? La Rochelle was good. Oh mate, they hosed what? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Hosed no them. team in Europe would have beaten La Rochelle at the weekend the way they played. Do you think they're going to win the comp? Uh, well, they're going to. They'll definitely get a home quarter final, and I think they've lost once in twenty five games at home. Twice in about forty-two games or something like that. They are at home; they're immense, and it was amazing to be there. Actually, in terms of La Rochelle's not a big place, right? And the stadium is—it's very much similar to you look at Exeter and the way they've built up. La Rochelle got promoted into the top fourteen four or five years ago. Um, they finished top of the top fourteen last year. They finished ninth first year, eighth second year, ninth third year. Last year they finished top. They have got some unbelievable players. Lavani Bottia is an absolute animal. He plays inside centre for Fiji, plays open side for La Rochelle. I would like to see him line up against Jim Hamilton and Jim Hamilton try and put him into next week because you're walking off with two broken shoulders, <laughs> ribs everywhere. He's a monster. Victor Vito. He, I reckon Victor Vito was one of the most underrated Kiwi players. He didn't get massive raps, did he? He was there at a bad time because he had... Uh, well, he won a World Cup, so it wasn't that bad. Well, as far as being able to start, because yeah. he was stuck behind 
Kano, McCaw, and Reed. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he's really good. Um, there, there was a chat about him maybe going back. No, nah, I don't think so. Hmm. He's happy there. Tell the Euro that I'm bad he is. Yeah, tell the Euro that. But you go to the town, and it's not a massive town. Great place, I reckon, to go on holiday in the summer. But you go to the stadium, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And we both played in France, right? And there's some unbelievable atmospheres. That stadium, not a spare seat in the house, right on top of the pitch. Against Wasps as well. Wasps, you know, the big force of, of England coming over. And Wasps, you know, we got outpowered, outmuscled, overpowered. They've got, they played an unbelievable brand of rugby, offloading, keeping the ball alive, unbelievable attack, monsters everywhere. Brock James ran the show at 10. Um, they got a prop called Danny Prizzo, who played... He's been in prison. He hasn't been in prison, but he, he was playing like Division 3 last year. And now he's Good the best player. He's the best player in the world. What nationality is he? French. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> he's, he's not Borat. He's not from Kazakhstan. Hello. <laughs> My name is Danny Prizzo. <laughs> um, and they, they, made, they were unbelievable. And they, they hosed Harlequins week one. They hosed Ulster week two. And they hosed Wasps week three. But... Can they win it? Yeah, of course they can if they play that way. But ultimately, knockout rugby, Europe, big European games. You look at teams like Saracens. That's Claremont have been historically the best team to watch over the last four or five years. How many European Championships they or Champions Cups they won? Zero. Exactly because they bottle it in finals and semi-finals, and that's the difference. They'll get to knockout rugby. They'll win the home quarter final, I'm sure. Semi-final and final on neutral grounds. That's when you question it and. Ultimately, they lost the pro, the top 14 semi last year to Toulon in the last minute because they hadn't got that big game experience. And it took Saracens a couple of years to do that, didn't it? Ah, uh, by the Toulon. And signing Jim. Oh, Toulon. <laughs> Cowboys. It's your mate Gautier, isn't it? Uh, Exeter's uh, run of nine straight wins and all comps has ended. What do you guys make of that 18-8 against Leinster? I was surprised, for sure. Like you said, I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be close. Leinster are good. They're a team that... That rock up in the in the Champions Cup. They're well coached. Leo Cullen, world's ugliest man. And he literally Stuart, is as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but I, I was surprised, really. You know, and it's one of them where obviously a run's going to come to an end at some point. And I've thought when I've watched Exeter that they look unbeatable in the way that they play. Mm. But Leinster, Johnny Sexton, didn't Leinster hold onto the ball for like forty-two phases or something? Yeah, which I would try. Yeah, and that's what Exeter do to teams. I was literally going to say so. That's what Exeter do. They hold onto the ball, don't they, in the twenty-two. They go through the phases, and once they get five metres out, you can't stop them, but it's going to be interesting this week. Yeah, tip of the hat to Leinster, because they, they, were, they were very good. And they're, they're a team that have got a lot of international experience. And I always bag the Pro 14, because it's a garbage Well, league. none of them play in the Pro 14. Exactly, that's my point. And people have come at me on Twitter this yeah. week. You get those Pro 14 teams with their internationals in Europe, and they're all bloody good teams, and Leinster showed that the weekend. But that, that comes onto a different matter then, doesn't it? That how can you expect the Premiership players to keep backing up? You know, you, mm. you, you look at that game at the weekend, so I think that, I don't know what the, the numbers were for Leinster or, you know, the Ospreys of the number of players, but there was one game where I think half of the team were rested. It might have been Munster. I'm not too sure. I don't know. It's one of them teams anyway. Maybe Ulster. Maybe not. Maybe Munster, maybe Leinster. Mm. But, you know, Saris, the guys are playing against Harlequins a week before. Yeah. Sorry, it's Clement. So the team they played against, Clement rested half of their guys in the lead-up to that Champions Cup game. Yeah. I think all but one of the guys in the Saracens team, Marrow, who was injured, uh, broke his jaw. Played against Quinn. Played against Quinn mm. a week before. And that was a tough game for that's, them. That's the difference between, and my, my argument with it, that's the difference between, in the Pro 14, Irish provinces are ran by the Irish Union. So they dictate, the Irish mm. uni, Rugby Union dictate when those players play. Yeah. When they don't play, when they rest. 
They play the big Irish derbies in the Pro 14 over Christmas. Dragons away, Zebra, all those garbage games, they rest them all. So they, those guys are playing a lot less rugby than the Premiership players. But they're all contracted to the RFU. And the Welsh, you now see in the Welsh with the dual contracts, the Scots run by the SRU. England, the clubs own the players. The clubs, yeah. you know, they're the assets. The players are the assets of the clubs. So it's the whole argument of the, the power of the player or the power of the union against the power of the clubs. The clubs have got the power. So, of course, the clubs are going to want the players to play a lot because that's how you sell season tickets. That's how you sell match tickets. You sell corporate hospitality, sponsorship. They don't want to see Jim Hamilton playing for Saracens. They want to see Mara Toji. That's, what the, but that, that's but the argument. But that's where the structure's yeah. got to change. Like, so Saracens are playing Clement this week on yeah. Sunday away, yeah. Yeah. and then they've got to play Leicester the week after. Yeah, but that's, you know... That's the way the Premiership works. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're never going to wrestle the power away from the clubs no. because mm. then the clubs become... You end up becoming like a, in Super Rugby where who cares who plays for who? It's, okay. it's, a, it's a, you know, not a province, but a... Um, a franchise. Yeah, a franchise, There's yeah. too many games. So your, your boys, uh, Leicester, went down to... Yeah, who's to boys? Both of you, isn't it? Yeah, well, we both, we both right. played there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Leicester were... A, I, I was shocked. They just do not look like a Leicester team no. but we've been saying that for a while now haven't we yeah we have and it's weird for me like with that because out of all the jerseys that I've got and I've I've got a few um, Leicester's 69 Scotland Cups 63 3 um, wins 3 wins exactly but the, the only shirt that I've got up on the wall is my Leicester one my first oh, one oh but you hold on so you, you've got the Leicester shirt I reckon if I went to your house I reckon this is a lie because I went to your house in Leicester once. Yeah, that was ages ago. I had like all the opposition jerseys. No, you had every jersey you've ever played in your Scotland no. one. You the Leicester that. that. Yeah, that's, it was, that's it was like I'll, a montage well, to shit rugby. That's when I was showing off. <laughs> but now I have one shirt up on the wall. It's my Leicester one. Right. Um, but you proclaim to be this big. I am Saracens. I am an ambassador. I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am. I am. I am. So you've forgotten your Leicester roots. I am, I am hero. Um, you were two minutes. No, 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 Razor. Not. That's the shirt that get that gave me. The opportunity and and my mum with the maths and me exactly. Me and your mum definitely, me. your mum definitely gave me the opportunity. That's for sure. Oh wow! No, she did give me the opportunity. Wow. She did. She, mate, genuinely, she made me into a very good mathematician. There you go. Uh, yeah, Leicester though, you do question. I know they got a lot of injuries. Apparently, Manu's pretty close to being fit. He might play this week. He was week. meant to play a couple of weeks ago. He, he might play down. this week. But this is the, this is the beauty of these two week European windows where you go back to back. Everyone's going now. Oh, Munster will come to Leicester and win, and you know. Exeter will go to Leinster and lose again because it just people think you're going to repeat that same performance. You've seen so many of these games on the back-to-back European weekends. When I remember years ago at Leicester, when we got smashed over at Ulster by forty odd points at Ravenhill, they came to our place the next week and then we were like, "Oh my God, we're going to get smashed again," and we did them by thirty. You're so confident, you are such a confident player. I know. I know. So you see, you'll see some well, that, that's what's interesting good. results. Yeah, that's what's week. awesome about these two back-to-back weekends. Yeah. And you're saying Saracens are going to Claremont and going to win. I, I think Saracens are going to win. You're fucking I've said, I'm not just saying that because... You're saying it because you, you're Saracens. Okay. Let's go to some social media. Uh, Federvisi has uh, tweeted in, has the barrel got over his strop about the Woe 14 team smashing the Aviva teams last weekend yet? Who, who's the barrel? You're the barrel. Know. You're offended. I don't know what happened. Can everyone stop calling me names? Um... Mate, oh, this is the whole Twitter argument. People haven't understood the argument. I think the Pro 14 clubs... The league, make, the Pro 14 league. Okay, I think the Pro 14 league as an entity is absolutely garbage. Yeah. There's no intensity. None of the internationals play regularly in it. It's a waste of time. You're watching... It's not a waste of time. You're watching it and there's two men and a dog and a bag of crisps watching it. 
those you put those Irish provinces in with their internationals in Europe. They're bloody good teams. I said it for years. Ulster, good team. Munster, good team. Leinster, good team. Glasgow. Glasgow, shit this year in Europe, but normally good in Europe. Did you have a strop on Twitter though? No, I just said what I said. What I'm saying. Yeah. Pro 14 league shit compared to the Premiership. You put them all. You put it all into the pot in Europe. Those Irish provinces are good. I think the Derby. Who else? Who else have done anything in 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 Europe from uh, the Pro 14? No one cares about except for the Irish provinces. No one. Well, ever. What I'm saying is, I like the derbies that they have, though. I like the Irish derbies. Yeah, yeah it's good. The Glasgow, the Glasgow Edinburgh derby. Shit, mate, it's not. Absolutely it's an shit, awesome mate. game. Absolutely. Awesome. The Irish, the Irish, Irish have got a place. The rest of it, joke. Uh, James from Leeds has tweeted in. What sort of Christmas presents will the weird fish have that his dad enjoy? Oh, oh, no. Don't call you, you the weird fish. Fuck you, James. <laughs> you didn't listen to the start of the show, mate. <laughs> Who's the worst person in rugby to be snowed in a house with for two days? That's from De Novo Risk Solution. Oh, he's got a plug there. Yeah, Worcester Insurance Smart. Broker. Smart. Well done. Who's the worst person in rugby to be snowed in a house with for two days? Jim, you can't say your, your children. No, I had a horrible weekend with the kids. Mate, you've got to be a good dad at some point. Mate, I am. Mate, I, lo- am. I tell you what, you love your kids when you're not with them, don't you? <laughs> I'm like one of them where it's like, oh, how, texting, what, how are the kids? Yeah. How are they doing? Um... I'm going to say Luke Abraham, the AK-47. <laughs> he's one of that. He's like an alpha, an alpha male. Yeah, and me being a big, strong man that I am, and I'm an alpha as well. Like, we used to go out for dinner, like, whatever, and say, you know, like, you go out for food and the, and the dinner's in the middle of the table and you've got to help yourself. The greediest man ever. Like, he ain't letting anyone eat. He's... Oh, I love you, Jim. Because right. we've, we've been out for dinner a few times and you've not said that about me. No, I haven't, no. That's very nice. No, I haven't. It's just one of them where you expect. With him, I didn't. But, yeah, oh, he's okay. one of them. Like, he's just... Oh, it's just an alpha. Like, we just clashed. But we, we were very good mates. Like, we're really good mates. Like, but we just clashed with that. Like, so, for example, we flew to New Zealand, right? And there was... On the way to New Zealand, there was a seat of four, okay, that I got when I, on the way there. So, on the first leg, I'm asleep the old way. Second leg, I got the seat again. I could see he was absolutely ball-bagged, curled up in his seat. So, I went and said, Abo, mate, I've got four seats back there. Get in there and watch. Help yourself. So, six months later, on the way back... He gets the four seats on the leg that on the on the leg first leg first leg and I'm like second leg he ain't coming he ain't coming down to me so I go up and say mate hey bro I need the, I need them four seats I am absolutely fucked not a chance he's like mate I can't I'm watching Top Gear <laughs> he's lying down and I'm like are you taking the piss and he was being deadly serious deadly serious pancake day okay we have pancake day in New Zealand mm. okay I haven't got any pancake mix because I've just turned up from where I was playing. He's got a load of pancake mix, literally five pints worth. He's making pancakes for himself. I'm like, Abo, can I have a couple of pancakes, please? I love pancakes. He's like, oh, no, mate, I'm saving this for tomorrow. <laughs> Shit bloke, eh? Mate, I'm just like... <laughs> top, hey, top driller. I'm like, yeah. Top, the best driller you've ever seen. Mate, you bang, 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 you've bang, bang, never bang. heard a man smash a bird. You've never heard a man smash a bird oh, like it in your life. But... Ever. Shittest bloke. No, he made a top bloke with just like... He's, mate, he's well, it sounds a, sounds a top bloke, no, yeah. No, mate, he's just one of them where you, it's like... You get a no leg room, you get no yeah. pancakes, I don't want to know you. <laughs> exactly, mate. Uh, who, the worst person to... He's stuck in... Someone with the worst person... I've got issues with personal hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that from our experiences in New Zealand when you were sleeping on the floor eating cat mm. food. Absolutely buzzing. Um, trying to think now, who would be the most unhygienic... I used to room with Steve Thompson... At times in Breve, he was a hanging individual as well. Psoriasis, Oliver Tomacek, <laughs> Oliver Tomacek, tight head prop that played at Worcester with. 
he would go weeks without a shower. What? He'd have, so you'd take your ankles up for a game. Yeah. He'd have that same tape on four or five days later. Stinking like he'd never showered in his life. And you'd walk past him and you'd literally retch. You'd get the... You know, you walk past a girl and they smell nice and you're like, oh, that smells mm. nice. You walk past him and it's like you're at an absolute rubbish dump. Oh, and you're no. like... Um, poor bugger. It sounds awful. Horrible bloke. So it's being stuck with him. I think Sam Vesti would be pretty tough to be stuck in the house with what, for a what's Red wrong nuts. With Sam Vesti? <laughs> Red nuts. Um, well, Jim's got better stories. Why is he called Red Nuts? He's got the reddest bollocks you've ever seen in your life. Ever. Like they like he shaved them raw and they're red. That's it. <laughs> um no, Vesti's got he's Vesti's a good guy, but he's like an over excited child with fourteen thousand bags of sweets down him every day. And I just think his relentless hyper energy would just kill you. Great coach, though. Yeah, good coach. There you are, Northampton. Sam Vesti, head coach. That'd be amazing. Yeah. We'll champion that, but just tone down the energy a bit, Sam. Cole Johnson has tweeted in, do you guys get any backlash from players, coaches, refs, etc., from the abuse or criticism that you give them on the pod when you see them at games or events? Yes. Oh, do you? Well, we did. I said I went to see Dorian West at Northampton. Yeah, but you said he hates me, didn't hate you? Yeah. So Tommy Seymour wasn't happy about me saying he had a big bush. Has he trimmed it? Well, he said that he has. Yeah, he well, said. That so he, we're he, influencers. He, he, he said that I caught him on a bad day, but he said his wife's very happy that we did say so that. So we're influencers. Yeah, right? we exactly. we just make people's lives better. Yeah. So people do do come up to us and and say things, players especially. Um, but that's what we do. We are influencing the world of rugby through, so I, through our words. I was out in. La Rochelle at the weekend with the Wasp boys, and they love it. I was out there with Haskell, and we had that Haskell on the phone the other week talking about no one's, he hadn't actually spoken to anyone, and you know we talked about Bristol's, him potentially signing for Bristol's, and then it was in the Bristol newspaper, wasn't it? And Bristol Post. Thing, yeah, Bristol's are on the phone. Next Bristol's thing I know, he's got contract offers coming out of his ears. Yes. We're joined now by Ben Foden. Ben, thank you very much for coming on the show. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Not too bad, buddy. How are you, Fodes? Goody? I'm all right, Goody. You all right, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Tough week at Northampton, obviously, with uh, a couple of changes. Yeah, it is. Sad time, really. But, um, you know, with the run of form that we've had and the and the results not going our way, there needed to be a change. And, um, and sadly, you know, we've lost uh, someone who's, who's done great things at the club. And, um, you know, it's sad, for, especially someone like me, because... I've been at Northampton. I've, I've been under gym for virtually my whole career, so it's uh, literally sad. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I was at Sale when when he was there as well, and he left there and went to England 21s, and I played two years under 21s with Jim, uh, and so obviously then moved to Northampton, um, knowing what he was capable of and that sort of thing, and enjoyed, you know, some some highs and lows uh, under his reign, but um, you know, some all things have got to come to an end, I suppose. And ultimately, you know, you look at it now and eight games on the spin or whatever it is without a victory. Um, and, you know, the coach leaves, other coaches stay in place. But how have the players looked at it? Because obviously you're a senior player now. It's your testimonial year as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, good plug there, mate. Good plug for you. Um, but, you know, obviously the play, you know, some fans look at it and go, get rid of the coaches. Some fans go, well, it's actually the players' fault. Um, are the players taking responsibility as well? Um, yeah, a little bit, but... Like you said, with with the run of form that we've had, the, the eight losses in in nine games, I think it is or whatever it's, it's been, 
you know, something had to change and it had to be drastic because we've been in a funk for a while now. It's not just been, you know, this season. I think it's, uh, you know, all, all things adding up over the exclusive of like two or three seasons now. So if you look at the squad of players that we have and the names in our in our squad of, of you know, 40-odd guys, you know, we've got a, a team that should be competing at all levels in all competitions and, and be winning major silverware. And we, we saw that, you know, three seasons ago when we, you know, won a premiership and we, we topped the table. And, and for us to drop off so dramatically and, and, you know, we've brought big guys in. We've got Rob Horn come in. We've got um, Piers Francis has joined us. We've got Cobus. We've got internationals that we're bringing over and we're still not making strides. So something needed to change um, in terms of players... You know, obviously it was a bit of a shock to the system. We haven't had that long to sort of react to it. We're, we're probably quite fortunate in the fact that we we've got this Ospreys game to to sort of you know re-steady ourselves and, and find our feet because we've got you know we've got Exeter the week after who we are a team in, in a rich vein of form. We are playing really well, uh, and it's a, a massive game for us in the Premiership because we, we, you know we need to get get out of the funk that we're in. But we're going to go away to Ospreys and obviously we're going to look to try and turn things around with a big performance and a, and a big win and hopefully you know after surprising you know after a surprise announcement like they did on Monday we'll look for a reaction from the players and um, you've got to take it on, our, on ourselves a bit as well you know we're the guys who are on the field and, and, and playing the game um, but like I said I hopefully it'll, it'll spin a reaction but things need to change uh, on and off the field uh, players, players management know that as well so, um, yeah, there'll be a big emphasis on that in the upcoming weeks, for sure. And, Foz, um last question on it, mate, because it is a, a bit of a touchy subject, but how do you find out the news? I mean, is it uh, through email? Do you come into training and, and Jim's not there? We we found out um, the CEO called a meeting first thing in the morning uh, and, and just announced it. I think it was, you know, it was, it was... The good thing is that, you know, the rumours didn't really spread round. It was, it was done you know, we sort of like ripping off a band-aid. No one really knew. Um, and we just sat down in our auditorium. Everyone was called in. So you knew something was up because, you know, the physios, the kitchen staff, the, you know, everyone was in there, masseuses and, and everyone was in there for the announcement. And when you see the CEO come through the door and, and, and you know, something's going to be announced. So um, it was probably, obviously these things are never easy to deliver anyway, but, but at the end of the day, you know, they're a professional, we're a professional sporting side, a business, and, and so it needs to be handled just like that, like business. And, uh, you know, Jim, you know, I messaged Jim and wished him all the best and, and said, you know, how much I enjoyed under his leadership. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a great man and, and, he, and he would have taken the news as, as best he could have. And, you know, I look forward to seeing what he does next. I'm sure it won't be the end of Jim Mallander. I'm sure there'll be plenty of plenty more things for him to come up in the future. And obviously, with that text message, you're asking him for a new contract wherever he goes as well, right? <laughs> I'm getting on now. You know how he is, Goody. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do a year and wait for a little bit. Just hang on, mate. A high-admit high hitman, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Foz, more, more light-hearted. We, we know the credentials of your wife, and she's been in the Saturdays, but recently, a video of you went viral, of you yeah. singing. I think I watched it about ten times. I shared it. My wife watched it. She was melting in a seat. Hey, she loved it, mate. mate she she wet as anything, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> um, she loved you, mate. I think Jim's wife loves you, mate, I, lo I love him. I look yeah. at him. Um, Taps off, nipples <laughs> down. <laughs> how did that come about, mate? Obviously, you're you're, uh, you're a big deal, like my good self. But I mean, uh, have you always known you can sing? Uh, I, I, this is the thing. I think everyone's, you know, lured into a sense false uh, sense 
a false security with me that everyone thinks I can sing. Like, I can sing one song, and it's like not even the hard bits of the song. I can sing like a, a verse and a chorus of it, and I can do it quite well, and that's it, really. I think that people are probably going to expect too much of me. Maybe I should retire in the singing departments now, because if I sing ever again, it's never going to reach those heights. Yeah, but just on, 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 on that, though, mate, your nickname is Pop Idol, right? Pop Idol, yeah. From your yeah, days at Sale. God, Goody, listen, you just know me too well. Yeah, it's a long time ago. <laughs> mate, we're yeah, good mates, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. The only person who ever calls me Pop Idol now, there's two people actually. Richard Wigglesworth is one, and Mark Cueto is the other. They're the only two people who still call, and Goody, you still call at me every now and then as well. Three good blokes, mate. Because yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I've been trying to shed that tag for years since I was 18. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, nickname. Uh, do you want to tell the story? No, you, you, uh, no, mate. We'll let you. You're, you're our star. You, you go ahead. <laughs> it, it's a simple enough story. Um, just when I was uh, joining Sailor Academy, well, joining Sailor Academy when I was 18, uh, first day of training, uh, I skived off and, and went to a pop idol audition instead. And basically, my best mate, uh, Stuart Coakley, who's now working in banking or whatever, he sold me down the river for extra brownie points with the coaches and the players and told them where I was. So, uh, my second day of training, uh, I was called into the, the office. Asked where I was, obviously I lied, and then it all went round. The boys got me out, and I had to sing in front of everyone. And I think Stuart Turner and uh, Barry Stewart threw ashtrays at me and stuff, so yeah, it was quite intimidating for a so, for an easy. So I thought that was where I'd hang up the boots until I got a little bit older, at least, anyway. Well, and your missus is doing a decent job in her pop career, and you're hanging on the coattails, yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go, mate. That's the real one. <laughs> and Fode's um, thoroughly deserved testimonial. What have you got lined up this year, then? Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm only doing a few things, to be honest. Um, just, a, a, you know, a big dinner. That, that, I think the, thing, the problem with the testimonial is you try and call all your favours in. And I just think that by calling all your favours into all you lot, getting you all down for, for, you know, if you try and get everyone down for five or six events, it becomes a bit of a, a drain on, on, on people. So just try and do one big thing, get everyone down to, to London, have a big night, try and raise some good money. Um, obviously, Sparks um, are my charity of choice, um, who um, I was a president for a couple of years ago. So hopefully raise them a good chunk of change and, and, and do some good things for them and just get everyone together. You know, it'd be good to see all the faces that I've sort of played with over the years and played against, played with and mixing that with the new the new faces and stuff as well. would be pretty cool. So, yeah, just a, a big event. And that's in May sometime in May. I think May 8th is, is, is when we're aiming to go. So. Um, I'm doing the same as what Dylan did, is, is that my testimony is going to run from January to December. So there could be a few events after that. I think there might be a few more in Northampton Way, but they're still to be organised. So just just at the beginning of getting it all sorted. Well, you might as well milk it. You only get one shot of it. So thank, thank, you, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And, and uh, best of luck. Hope you guys can turn it around for the rest of the season. Cheers, buddy. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers folks. Good Cheers, Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Good bloke. Good lad. Proper good lad. Hell of a lad. How good looking is he? Hell of a piece as well. Are you Sarah? joking? Oh, I'm telling you now, proper piece on him as well. I hate, I hate, hate him. him. <laughs> no, mate, he's a good, he came to my testimony actually. He's a he's a he's a good bloke. Proper good bloke. He's a good mate. Good mate. I tell you, I tell you, I, good mates. And he said, good mate, yeah. Mate, hell of a lad. Mate, he's like the polar opposite to you. Great lid. Went to the same school. Great lid. Went to the same Great, school. What Bromsgrove? Yeah. Did he go to Bromsgrove? Bromsgrove boy on a scholarship. So like, he was like my good he self. was close to me. No one of my wife likes him. She yeah, does, mate, it's like she, she knows him. She well maybe, maybe she might well, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe she does. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. Maybe he's had a go. Oh. Too much? No no. No no.
Not at all, uh, no, I, 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 mate, you know if, he has, if he has, I'd be happy. Do you know what? Fair play. <laughs> My yeah. wife's been with Ben Foden. <laughs> has she? <laughs> I, don't, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but, fair, you know, fair play, fronting up. And you, you hear about that. And yes, you know, obviously it's sad that Jim's gone. And Jim's been a huge part of his career, as he said. Obviously started at Sale and took him down to Northampton and all that malarkey. And it's hard seeing it, isn't it? When you know, He's done a good... Look, he's unbelievable job, mate. There's not many coaches that stay in a job 10 years. Like, there ain't. Like, you can't because... People are going to get sick of your voice. You know, people like, need to come in. It's, this is sport. This mm. isn't like, you know, life or death. You, you compare it to football. It's like Arsene, Ven- Arsene Wenger is at it, Arsenal. Who's overstayed his welcome? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, and I'm not, I, I watch football, but you look at Arsene Wenger, like he's been there too long. Like mm. it needs to change. You get one-offs, don't you? You know, in terms of Ferguson and mm. potentially Baxter at Exeter. But, Steve yeah. Hansen. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's, Should yeah. we go to the rumour mill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you guys got floating around? What you got, Jim? In your big box of rumours. Well, we mentioned Paul O'Connell. We mentioned Paul O'Connell last week to Leicester. So they're still looking. I'm not too sure. Made the paper, made the back papers, actually. It did in Ireland, um, didn't it? We mentioned, yeah, we mentioned Jordan Murphy. We're talking to Cardiff Blues. Influencers. Mate, the man that's been injured for Bath. Their key player. Toby Falatau. Falatau. Have you heard where he might be going? Dragon. Back to Dragons, apparently. Or France, yeah. But he, he can do what he wants, though, because he's got over... Is it 70 caps or whatever there? What's their... Mate, he can do whatever it is. 60 caps or something at the threshold, I think. 60 caps. Um, Mate, but he's over that, so he can sign where he wants. So there's rumours of him going to Toulon. Toulon, half a mil. Booger, lad. Toulon, half a mil. Half a mil? Half a mil. He's worth, worth more than half a mil. Oh, you reckon you're 750 and a bag of chips? Well, that's what I'm, th- I'm saying. He's on par with me. Well, this is the big thing. Now, you talk about Falatau. He's played unbelievably well for Bath this year. And then he's now out for 12, 16 weeks. They are fucked. He's one of, well, saying that, Zach Mercer's great. Have you seen him? Yeah, more, very, yeah. More, yeah, more of a six or seven. He, yeah, Scotland didn't want him. Or he didn't want to stay in Scotland. Nah, he's, he's he wants Scottish. to for England. Proper Englishman. But proper again... No, uh, northern accent. Yeah, you got any more? Kano? Talon. Yeah. Mate, Talon's spending the Look at you piping up every time mm. it's a Kiwi in all black. Look at him. Yeah. Don't, mate, don't talk to the weird fish like that. No, I saw another one. I don't believe it. Go on. Banners. Banner to Gloucester. He has signed. Really? I have I have it on good sources, good value sources. But Matt Banahan is going Matt to Gloucester. Matt Banahan has signed for Gloucester. Why? Bath haven't offered him long enough on a contract, apparently. Really? And I have it on very, very good sources that he signed for Gloucester. That's a massive thing, isn't it? But I can't believe he's... I think he's been awesome this year. Well, he has. And the last few, few previous leagues as well. Ben Tapawai to Quinns as well. Bath, what's happening there? Get your checkbook out. What's, mate, mate, Bruce mate, Craig. Mate, he's been hoovering up, he's been hoovering up the cash. Yay, <laughs> Dyson. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, God. but yeah, Banners to Gloucester, that's the big one. Mate, I've, I've 100% heard I've these lo- signs. I'd love to see him at Gloucester. How good Ackerman. Love him. What, the, both his, of his son? Both of them. Uh, Jordan Murphy to the Cardiff Yeah, we mentioned, that. That. we mentioned that. Um, yeah, interesting. There's a few good rooms because around. Leicester. Uh, who, who's the coach that was at Bristol's? Bakewell Tart. What's his name? Mark Bakewell. Mark Bakewell Tart. He's a very good coach. So from, apparently, you speak to anyone that has been coached by him. Really, he's meant to be an unbelievable coach. He's front front. Goody, you've pulled me out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Are you absolutely fucking hey. slippery or what? You know what? Goody reminds me of the uh, of Anchorman. You know when he goes off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> We're going streaking. It's old school. Um, yeah. So Bakewell Tart. It meant to be a hell of a Apparently coach. Apparently front runner now for the Leicester job. Leicester job? Leicester Forge coach. What about Brett Deacon, mate? He's your best mate. I agree. I think I think Brett Deacon should be getting the Maybe job. Maybe Mark Bakewell Tart goes to Northampton. You know, well, this is Maybe the thing. Jim Mander goes to Worcester. Worcester oh. are looking for a head coach next year. They are. I mean that 
chopping and changing of coaches. So let, let, let's predict what's going to happen. Jim Mallander to Worcester. Jim Hamilton to Leicester. Maybe. Fools coach. I'm getting approached to coach. Are you? Are you? Think it, yeah, I, I am, yeah. But I can't say who. Hard work, mate, that is. Lister. I can't say who. You I can't, can't, can't say who. You haven't done a hard day's graft in your life. Mate. Right? <laughs> Coaching. Yeah. That's like a nine-day-a-week job. Yeah. What it's happens br- when it's coaching, nice? Coaching's brutal, mate. I know. But it, it's one of them things that we spoke about a few months ago. I'd say recently I've started to miss the game. Don't do it, mate. I've started to miss the camaraderie. If you coach... This is over. If I coach... Well, we'd get someone else in, we, Andy? Well, yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> I'd go, Jim. What, coach? <laughs> yeah, it'd be my... It'd be, hey. what would you, oh, hold on, what the fuck would you do about coaching? He, he, he wouldn't. He'd, he'd just be the he'd, weird he'd, fish. No, no, he'd walk around with me, mate. He'd be yeah, the weird I'd, fish. I just want to, want to be friends with Jim. Yeah, he'd walk around Razor. with me. Razor, Jim. Razor. But yeah, so I'm getting. I don't gr- reckon you as a coach. I don't reckon people will take you seriously. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> You're staring at me now. But that, I think you'd be a very good line out coach. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. So I, I still But speak. then they'd be like, mate, you never lifted, you never jumped, you know. And what? Well, hang on. You couldn't jump to save your life. You so what are they? Your right. arms. So they've approached you to be a line outs coach or a forwards coach or Saracens? Line out forwards coach. I can't tell you that I'm not, I'm genuinely not allowed to okay, say so that. So if I go through all the places... I, I, well, I'm not going to say. I've, I've got a couple of clubs that have, that have been in contact. Who needs a forwards coach? So, and, and, and I'm, uh, and I'm um, thinking about it. I'm thinking about well, it. Northampton. You get Dor- rid of Dorian West. I'm not even going to flinch and tell you. Saracens are good. That's oh, uh, Alec- Maybe Alex Sanderson goes to Northampton to be head coach. Jim Hamilton goes to Saracens. The, re- the reason coach. why you can't say is because someone's in the position at the moment. Oh, yeah, sack him. Okay. Someone's getting sacked. You don't sacked. want to be an influencer and get someone sacked. We can do what we want. We can get people sacked with the click of a finger. Go on, then. Who's next? Gautier. Gautier, gone from too long. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's move on. Let's uh, find out what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week with Andy Good. Yeah, plenty of good, obviously. Uh, not great for the English clubs. Uh, Leinster. They were pretty good. We talked about that earlier. First team to beat Exeter at Sandy Park in the Premiership or Europe since last December. And even Jim Hamilton and his Motley crew went up there and got humped. Um, so Leinster were pretty good. Uh, where do we go? La Rochelle. Put my, my boys to bed. Their attacking game was on point. Bottia. Mori Murivalu. Uh, who else was good in that game? Loads of, loads of players. Uh, Danny Preso there. Loose prop, but for me, the one standout performance and the one standout player of the weekend, Claremont and Racker, the winger, the Fijian winger who qualifies for France in the Six Nations. Can't speak a word of French. He me. cannot even say bonjour, but he's taken a shed load of euros back to his Fijian bank. Apparently, he's not on a big deal. He's not, but he will be now. Oh, <laughs> that, that performance. Gosh. If you're a club, you know he's not on very much influencers coming back. You're any club in Europe. You know he's not on that big of a contract. You go, here, Racker, here's 300 grand in your bank account. Walk away from that club right now. And you're in. You get the big contract. Pay his contract off. Or, if you're Claremont, you're like, Racker, how much do you want? You're that good. He's been that good for ages, though. He's got yeah. a hell of a try in the final last year. You've always talked about it. Yeah, I have. He's, been, he's a monster. So he, he is available and qualified for France for the Six Nations. And that, that national team needs sorting out. So the good this week's got to be Claremont and Oliveretti Racker. Quickest hat-trick in European rugby for 20 years. It's not a bad effort, that. Mm. And they put the champion Saracens to bed. So the goo this week goes to Claremont the Bad. Well, this section has been dominated by the Saints and the Ospreys this season. They met on Sunday, and it turns out the Saints were absolutely garbage. Um, So 
I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to give it to the Saints again because that's just same old, same old. They've had a tough week. Obviously, Jim Mander's gone. I'm going to go to... Let's quickly go to France. Teddy Thomas, do you see him? Over the line. The ball. Scoring for Racing. He's clean through. Trying to get around in the posts. Gets the ball punched out of his hand. Just put it down, son. Easy conversion anyway. No try. Racing lose by a few points. His fault. That was pretty bad. But we've got to go over to Toulon and Jim's favourite coach. Yeah, the cowboy, Gautier. Not him. Toulon weren't very good. Another ex-teammate of yours, though. A mushroom willy. Oh, mushroom willy, Chris. Oh. Is, it, is it a mushroom willy? Yeah, yeah. Just describe it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not allowed. Okay, apparently it looks like a mushroom. But, Chris Ashton, anyone see that kick? So, two of chucked in, a quick line out, one-handed, goes over Ashley's head, bounces up, perfect bounce into Ashley's hands, catches it behind his post, the biggest slice of a kick you've ever seen, goes about two metres forwards, 200 metres in the air, Jonathan Joseph catches it. As Ashley has seen his shit kick... He's tried to chase after it. And you know when you're trying to run really fast and fix something and you just fall flat on your face just to make up for it? Bang, he goes down. He laughed about it after. So the ash splash, it wasn't the ash splash. It was, the ash, it was the ash gash. Um, yeah, so Ashy, uh, he did laugh about it afterwards because Bello got him out of jail, won the game for them. I thought Bath were going to win that. Yeah, they should have. So the bad this week has got to go to Chris Ashton and his kicking game. And then the ugly. A couple of ugly things. Uh, firstly... Bismarck Duplessis. Got no time for this. You know, in football, you see people make tackles, players rolling around the floor, and all the all the players go up to the ref and simulate the old yellow card. Bismarck Duplessis waving his imaginary yellow card for Montpellier against Glasgow. Pretty disappointed with that. That's not rugby, is it? It's getting more and more common. That it, sort is. Of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. And you're asking questions, and that's what TMA. Farrell's doing a lot of it at the weekend. Chase, so. Chasing down. Chasing the ref for Saracens. Yeah. It was disgusting. Um, so Bismarck Dupesy, that was pretty ugly. But for me, the whole Claremont issue. And Claremont won the good. But the ugly this week goes to the whole fallout. They're moaning. Well, they've had a moan and then the EPRC guy has come on the interview on BT Sport and gone, no, we told them everything, blah, blah, blah. And they, Claremont have come out and said, our players went to bed at 8 o'clock thinking that the game was on at 2.30 and that was 5.30. It's just not a good thing for European rugby, professional rugby. doesn't put the game in a good light. So the... Ugly this week goes to Claremont and the EPCR or EPRC, EPCR for poor communication and handling of things. Not a good look for the sport. And we've got to get away from um, falling out in the press and slagging each other off. There we go. All right. Well, that is uh, another episode of uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly and wraps up today's uh, rugby pod. We're not doing too badly in the charts again, uh, but we're not number one yet for Christmas uh, and that's just around the corner so make sure you tell everyone you know uh, and yeah and um, get your reviews in as well if you want to see Jim and Goody coming out of retirement me eating a can of cat food uh, <laughs> that's the best one any uh, this one's coming if you like good chat gossip lifestyle advice and a lot of quality rugby information with real inside information then you need to get this in your life Big Jim, the media mongol, and Andy Veet Good have Veet. created the best rugby pod without a doubt. There's also a cat food eating kiwi who hangs around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is so derogatory. If, uh, so true. So if they true. get enough downloads and recommendations, Jim will run over a bin man for your local old Pisporians rugby club. Goody will coach and hold the water bottles, plus the kiwi will scoff a favourite tin of whiskers. <sighs> Please let it happen. If Winbourne RFC get the boys down, uh, we will broadcast all the bits we can. Well done, gentlemen. 
new media stars are born. I love that. Amen. And, and Amen know, to you. And, and do you know what? That's from Wimborne RFC. Yeah, Wimbledon good club. RFC. We need to go there. We need Thank to go to Wimborne. Don't know where it is. Review it again and tell us where you are. <laughs> but they start it off. Review. Weirdfish, titty, sponge fists, belly monster. They've got... Jim's got two nicknames. Titty. Add Razor to that. Titty Von Trapp. No, no one's calling you Razor, mate. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Remember to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, and review us on iTunes, and check out Eventbrite uh, for details on the upcoming live shows. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. (laughs) 